Hello and welcome to episode 91 of Q&A Quest. I'm your host, Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, and with me as always... Chronicler, Chronicler of the Legend of the End of Century Savior, David McMurney, Fanboy Master. Wow, that's an interesting title. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, someone has to tell the story of Fist of the North Star. Yes. Okay, guy from Japan whose titles are not nearly so interesting, Michael Baker, a.k.a. Gaijin Minokotori. Yeah, we got this down to a science. Yay! And we're here to finish answering your questions from last episode and answer the new ones. Because uh, I, I more have my shit together this week than last week, so... And we're already in an 18 plus rating. <laughs> eh, it's fine. We haven't been tagged yet. We're not going to start now. Maybe. I can't believe you're destroying the children. <laughs> Think of the children. Think of the children. Oh, that that reminds. Children cuss more than I do. Uh, That's true. So I've been playing Spider-Man with my son watching. Uh, oh man. He likes Spider-Man, uh-huh. and that is the best Spider-Man thing, possibly of all time. Uh, but uh, there's like swears randomly throughout the game that I'm trying not to draw attention to, and so far so good. <laughs> Hasn't haven't drawn enough attention to them for anyone for your child to pick up bad habits. Yes, he hasn't. He's yet to repeat any of them. We'll see how we'll see how that goes. <laughs> we'll see how life goes. Yes. Uh, so. Mhm. Oh, someone's okay. sending me a file via Discord. I have I have played the Metal Max. Oh, Metal Mix. Yes. I've been very so busy with work. Please hit me with it. I'm just curious to see what anyone else thinks of this. Um, so, I, I mean, I like the combat. I like a lot of the zaniness. I'm very, very mm-hmm. confused as to, like, um, what sort of... <laughs> uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Theme? Mood? <laughs> um... Well, if you're already citing zaniness, I'm thinking the localizers had a lot of fun with the script. Uh, maybe a little bit, but it's it feels like the game wants to be grimdark, and then it's like, oh, an extinction meter. Um, I can't take this seriously. <laughs> it went too yeah, grimdark and made, just turned into ridiculous. Maybe it was called Extinction Index, I forget. Yeah, or Quotient or something. Yeah, but I mean, grim, dark by its nature is supposed to be ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. At least in the original Warhammer 40k. There is only war. Yes. But n- not in the, like, Batman Begins sense. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, seems to be pretty fun. Um It's certainly very anime. I met a uh, drunken character, which my angry, uh, angry character dude uh, promptly punched in the face. Yeah, I'm still trying to remember how old Yoki is actually supposed to be, because everything from I remember from the game and kind of implies he's like 18 or 19. Uh, sounds about right. And I, I have to, and I have to assume that 
maybe legally in Japan he was 20 because that's the legal drinking age and he they'd have to age him up for America. Because, hmm. yeah, he spends, like, the first two or three times you see him in the game, he is still on a bender over survival guilt. <laughs> so he does not sober up for a while. Sweet. I no. love it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess I guess I shouldn't should not have like considered taking anything seriously at all because from the beginning you uh get to a base that's like a giant cube that opens up for you. Yeah. That's just anime, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, it should probably be pointed out that that giant cube shaped base is the only surviving structure in the town that is now mostly dirt around it. Yeah. Cube. It was recently not dirt. <laughs> Yeah. Farmer, not dirt. Yeah, but like I said, like I said in the impression, the typical town in this game is a very large, very recent blast crater. <laughs> in fact, I think I actually said this on Q and A quest sometime back in May or June. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad that you're finding some things to enjoy about it then. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I've heard other people uh, not enjoying it so much. Um, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping enough people at least buy it and give it a chance that uh, whatever they come out with next still makes its way over. I just, Although I feel like at this point, um, as long as it's on something like PS4 and not like any... not, I guess... Well, I guess even like Switch, it would probably be likely to come gonna, over. I mean, all all of their major options are probably going to. Move. Yeah, I guess we're beyond the point where it's like, well, this maybe this will game will come over if it doesn't come out for X. So, I guess that's good. Yeah. I mean, the iffiest platform for it right now would have been actually 3DS. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, if it comes out for Vita at all, it will be because it's coming out for PS4. Yeah. Like, yeah bring hoping... over Metal Max 4, cowards. <laughs> I was hoping we were going to get the Vita version of this, like, at least as a digital-only release, but no such luck. Oh, well. Actually, PS4 what I'm looking for is um, since one of the characters in Xeno is a reimagined version of a character from the start of Metal Max 2, I'm really hoping that this somehow leads into a like a rebooted version of that game. That would be pretty cool. Hmm. Yep. It would. It would. Pretty nice, actually. Yeah. And uh, I think I sent you the picture of it that it's in the art book to come with the comes with the game, it's basically like, hey, here, the illustrated history of games you didn't get, and that are probably yes. better than this one. <laughs> I don't know, two of them are objectively worse. Okay. At least two of them are objectively worse. I, I, and um, actually, one of those games I'm thinking of was not listed in your little book because I completely skipped the success pair. <laughs> Let's not talk about Metal Saga, we don't have to. <laughs> uh, I mean, Season of Steel was a lot better, and yeah. Even Xeno um, takes a lot from Season of Steel. Like um, the three weapons to a person on your party. That came from Season of Steel. Nice. Yeah. 
one of the best alt um, changes that they made to the battle system in that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, overall, it's it's fun to play something that feels different and still has classic turn-based combat that isn't Dragon Quest combat that can be kind of tedious at times. So yeah. it's and I, I like the fact that you can actually snipe enemies. Yes. Before you actually encounter them. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. So, I mean, maybe I won't end up loving it or anything, but I, I want more games like this. Just bring on the weird games. I'm still glad it's happening. Yes, exactly. It's, took way too long and happened with probably the wrong game, but whatever. Just yeah. keep them coming. Any part in the storm. Yeah. And for that matter, port us a few games to Switch. Do there it. There you go. Yeah. Right. I mean... Hey, um, if you look at the 2DS, it's basically just dual screen, um, like a dual screen iPad right there. It's true. So they can do the same kind of setup for a Switch. You just hold the screen sideways. <laughs> I play And it. that would probably not be the weirdest thing that they have ever done with a Switch. Nope. I mean, there's, there is a peripheral that was at Nisa's booth at PAX that is just, let's just, just turn the Switch on its side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is far from the most radical thing they could ever do with that system. Because I mean, they've already had like, like um, broadcast mini concerts where everyone was playing Switch band instruments. There's a like Nintendo itself is releasing a game in like a month that has the option to lay two switches next to each other, and like move them around to change how, like, two different, like, how the games, the two copies of the same game are interacting with each other. So, they'll do dumb things with the Switch for no reason, or any reason. Doesn't matter. And unlike a lot of the dumb things they did with the DS and the 3DS, a lot of these sound really awesome. (laughs) Very out-of-the-box thinking. I mean, there's also, I think, a new Labo kit out, so anything goes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the Labos. I keep seeing like um, question threads on like Quora's asking, well, how what can Nintendo do to catch up with Sony and Microsoft? And the general response is, they're not even going the same direction. You're asking the wrong question, dude. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, yes, you're obviously focusing on graphics and processing power. That's the kind of thing that will catch up a lot faster than you think these days. Yeah, yeah, miniaturization. Good. So the better question is, how will Sony and Microsoft eventually catch up to Nintendo? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for the Kinect and Move equivalents to this. They'll oh, be God. just idiots. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think we're really kind of getting to the point where graphics, I don't want to say they don't matter anymore, but they matter a lot less. Oh, we hit that point past. almost yeah. a decade ago, to be honest. I mean, We're just at the point where I mean, advancing graphics is unsustainable. Yeah. I, I mean, do you look at some of the most popular games out there? Uh, Minecraft, obviously not very advanced. Uh, Fortnite, uh, not the best-looking first-person, first or third-person shooter out there. I mean, uh, anything that's massively multiplayer is going to have to go for the lowest den- common denominator on graphics just to ke- get as many people playing as possible. Yeah. 
Uh, that's not to say there aren't some like am amazing games graphic-wise out there, like uh, nope. recent God of War, New Spider-Man. Uh, but... A lot of the processing power is just going towards complexity of environment. Yeah. So, I mean, the simpler the, the game actually is, the less processing of power it needs to really boost the graphics to begin with. Technically. Mm -hmm. so. Actually, I'm thinking of Beyond the Labyrinth in, on the 3DS where it had an incredibly nice um, character uh, model. For this Just part that to switch. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, it's that's um, she's the only actual human character in the game. So they were able to really focus on her, and they managed to put a PlayStation 3 level graphic, um, like character design, in a 3DS game. Mm -hmm. It just depends on how much you have to work with at once, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh well. So, Dave, what you up to? Uh, I've not had time for video games at all, which is why I haven't dug into Mad uh, to Metal Max yet. Also, my brain just almost called it Mad Max, which is very different, although definitely <laughs> inspiration. <laughs> Oh, certainly an inspiration. I watched Fury Road and the uh, the blind heavy metal guitarist with the flamethrower guitar. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that would have right been a Metal, metal Max. Max boss. <laughs> yeah, like that would fit into Metal Max. I was actually just watching Mad Max Fury Road like a couple nights ago. That movie's great, but uh, witness me. That... Yes, I mean just everything about Fury Road would have been quite fitting for a Metal Max game. Even even ignoring the fact that Metal Saga for PlayStation Two had a boss named Mad Maxwell. <laughs> That's such a good thing. Yeah. Uh, die on the Metal Max. Um, yeah. But yeah, that uh, I sadly have not had the chance to dig into Metal Max because of various obligations over the past week. No worries, I'm still bumming along on Final Fantasy X. I am almost out Yay. of the fun. Ah, oh, sweet. I remember, like, a really good way to make yourself hate that video game is to try to get the uh, ultimate weapons, and a really good way to do that really fast is to try to do the Thunder Plains lightning dodging. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it require 100 or 200 bolts dodged? I don't recall. Uh, I just remember getting to, like, less than 10 left and then getting hit and just kind of feeling my spirit snap in half. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't I would not expect you to make that same mistake, so Don't do it. It's a trap. Just Okay, it's two hundred and I believe I had gotten to at least a hundred and eighty. <sighs> yeah, I'm I am not going to be doing everything in this game. I already know what a lot of the everything in this game part entails. Yeah. And I mean I've just been through the Thunder Plains, and I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to slap on a Moogle Charm and try to dodge the Bleepin' Lightning 200 times right there. Uh, it's even better because, like, the game doesn't actually have any sort of counter, so if you miscount and open the chest too early, too bad. Start over. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still remember hearing a story about the game's Ultimania where they actually described how you could use a rapid-fire controller and a bunch of rubber bands 
to just have Titus walking in circles and automatically dodging lightning and you just leave it go leave it and do something else for like three hours. That's the that's the frickin' advice given to you by the guy put out by Square. <laughs> yeah. Just I, I mean I keep repeating this, I've never actually confirmed that it actually exists. I've just been hearing stories about this technique. The which, game does have Oh god. Which unfortunately would never work on a Vita. So The game does have something to try like I remember testing it. There is something to try to stop you from just hammering the X button because the game will eventually, if you're doing that, just like strike you with lightning with no recourse. So I'm not certain that that's real. It might have just been a joke, but... It's just one of those things that sounds like it really should work. Yeah. Yeah. So. There's places in the Thunder Plains where you can get it to strike at very consistent times, so... But you have to actually this... be walking in order to be, have it strike, right? Uh, I don't remember if you have to be walking or not. It's been a while. There might there are some places where you can, like, be running up against something and not actually moving, which would seem like they would be necessary either way. Uh, yeah, there's one that has like a beat of like one, two, three, four, five, jump, one, two, three, jump, and then just repeats that. Mm. And like that's the that's the quote unquote pro strat for doing that. The actual pro strat is to not ever do it. Um, yes. Do you really need the ultimate weapons that much? The no. ultimate weapon for Lulu, who like will never declare an attack, and the most useful aspects of her ultimate weapon will be recreatable. Yeah. So. But, I mean, the only reason you need them in the first place is if you're going for the ultimate level enemies in the Colosseum, which again is insane. Yeah, those are not worth your time, and they would also require scouring the entire game to capture all of the monsters in it ten times. Nope. Nope. Yes. Nope. Because the capture weapons do not open up until the Calm Lands. FF10's side content is abysmal, and the international version's extra side content is somehow worse. And yet there are people who have done it all. I once watched someone actually fight Penance, and it's the most miserable slog I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> because it was 45 minutes of an ultra-powerful Waka just doing his ultimate limit break like 1,500 times. Yeah, that's how it turns out to be with a lot of these things. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's just a stat. It's just a meat gate. There's it's all about how what stats you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's move on to a question before I think too much about FF10s. Sure. End game. Um, looking at the questions from last time that we may not have finished, we have to ask you, Mike, what your favorite mm-hmm. Western RPG is. Oh. Okay, that's assuming I've played a lot. Um, oh, no, I'm not making that assumption at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just say Quest for Glory series. Sweet. That's a good choice. Yeah. Because um, I, I haven't played a lot of the really famous ones at all. Um, I still have a copy of Fallout sitting on my shelf that needs to be unwrapped. <laughs> I'm just choosing to believe that's original. Uh, oh no, no, Fallout Three. That would be much. It would be much funnier if it was original, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, most of the most of the PC RPGs I played way back when were all freeware stuff, like Minds of Moriah, which was a NetHack clone, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, oh yeah, speaking of uh, Quest for Glory, uh, your Hero U review came out was put up yep. over the past week. Yep. I finally got the thing typed up. I mean, yay, procrastination, yay. It's only been a month since I finished the game. Yay. I think I've taken longer in the past between finishing a game and finishing a review. Oh, I still, <laughs> so I, have a, I still have a review written up for, um, for Blazer Drive from last winter that I still need to type up. Oh, hi. That speaks, that speaks wonders about Blazer Drive. Oh, no, I mean, I liked it. Um, I mean, the story was... What's the right word? What's the most correct way of saying this? Um, 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 okay, the storyline was a string of shonen manga turds hooked together by something that might have passed as a plot... Um. Yeah, uh, but the, the combat system was probably one of the best card-based things I've ever seen. Hmm. So, yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed the battles. I just thought the quests were ridiculous, really mm-hmm. simple, stupid. Uh, see, other question from last week was, is it odd that Fire Emblem seems to be gaining in popularity and Final Fantasy Tactics has been missing in action? Did we discuss this last week? I don't think we did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think we did. There's a bunch of questions from last week that we haven't discussed, so I was just surprised that you brought that up. Uh, uh what were the other ones? Well, uh, well, we'll go back we to didn't, yeah. yeah. We didn't, uh, we didn't touch Strawberry Eggs, for example. Right. Uh, I mean, like, Square hasn't really touched the tactics RPG for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of gotten uh, a lot of Final Fantasy spinoffs already. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could probably, I think the last technical release for any of tactics product is that Tactics Advance eventually came out on Wii U, but uh, for not counting Virtual Console, yeah, it's been a while. Thing is, I don't think that the audience that's flocking to Fire Emblem would flock to Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, I don't think so. Final Fantasy Tactics and its ilk encourage you to think of individual units as pretty disposable, whereas Fire Emblem has found success by making you very attached to individual characters. Quite so. While I think that the uh, gameplay style is... Yeah, I I, I did like the judge system in Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 1. Mm. Just because I mean, you could predict what what laws were going to be coming up next you could use that to your advantage for whatever your next battle area was going to be. You could trap enemy units into breaking the law. And <laughs> if absolutely necessary, you could probably survive yellow carding yourself once in order to 
actually get an advantage. Mm-hmm. And you eventually right. get ways to get rid of laws, which is important. And, and that too, you you were able to um, just cha- um, to uh, alter and abuse the system. Mm-hmm. Whereas tactics advance two. Ay ay ay. You guys played that one, right? Yeah, I have played like a sum total of about an hour of it. Yeah, where the law is specific to the battleground. Oh. And the penalty for anybody breaking the law is an immediate revocation of team powers and the ability to revive downed allies. Well, that's ridiculous. It's it's a blanket penalty. And since the enemy side of any given battle probably does not have a team ability and will not be using um, res- um, revival spells or items. <sighs> um, if the enemy happens to break the law, you get penalized. Yeah, that's fun. Yay. Even better, even better there are specific battles where you lose the battle if the law gets broken. Oh, good. And I mean, what, one of these it sort of makes sense. It's a, it's a town with a law against using the steal ability and you're going up against a bunch of thieves, so you're trying to get rid of them all before they can steal something from you. Which is kind of good. But the other example of this is a field somewhere, um, it's a later quest in, back in one of the earlier areas of the game where it's you versus five marbles and the law of the area is no status ailments. That's hell. That okay, I'm gonna That's how twits happen. Yeah, I'm just gonna and stop. That is like the one of the few rage quits I have ever de- perpetrated on a game, and I do not own the game anymore and I'm not gonna be playing it again. <laughs> so maybe maybe don't re release that one. Yeah. Or just, like, safely coordinate off in a you-don't-have-to-touch-this-place. Just, uh, just do some sort of, I mean, take the first one, or take a um, Tactics Advance, and just remodel it so it doesn't have the land-make system anymore. Because that was kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. And you'd have a pretty good game. Uh, With an interesting moral to it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's a relatively different thematic and moral conclusion than people generally would presume out of their entertainment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't I, like. I think that what Fire Emblem has mostly proven is that it's possible to sell. Like a tactics RPG skin will not scare people away from a game, mm-hmm. but I don't think mm-hmm. that's what's selling Fire Emblem per se. No. So, tactics could. I would like for tactics to come back, but I also don't think that it would be advisable to bring it back in its prior form and, you know, just make another one, because I don't think it would actually be riding any particular wave. But it probably would be a hellacious mobile game. (laughs) Oh, your character died? I'm sorry to hear it. Have you considered purchasing another character from the gotcha mechanic? There is a mobile-only Final Fantasy Tactics that I have never been brave enough to try to find out anything else about called Final Fantasy Tactics S. 
Mm-hmm. And it apparently lasted for like a year before being cancelled, so I would imagine no one else tried it either. <laughs> so, uh, count yourself lucky. We could have had it so much worse. Uh... This horrifying, like, blank point on the Final Fantasy wiki that just says cash shop. <laughs> so, yeah, not going to ask any more about that. Uh... Don't. Hopefully, they just give us a nice collection of prior Final Fantasy Tactics games someday. Mm-hmm. We can hope. Just bundle them all together like the like the second Densetsu games. Put them on Switch. Mm. Yeah, I'd buy it. Uh, yeah. I don't see much. Uh, I don't see any particular thirst for the brand. They're currently sort of reviving Evilise in some fashion, but. We'll see if that continues. <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, Final Fantasy fourteen event, right? It was a fourteen event, Zodiac Age. Uh, like, they had actually gotten Yasumi Matsuno to come back to write part, at least part of the fourteen event, so... Interesting. <clears throat> I suppose that's, uh, that's your best hope for more FF Tactics. He then goes off and makes Ogre Battle Episode 12 explaining nothing in the intervening period. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm honestly not that. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not too against that either if I'm being honest. Oh. Uh but yeah. Uh do we want to tackle this long strawberry eggs question? Please. Sure, why not? I've I've got 25 minutes before I really should get going. Okay. Uh the the question itself is long. Hopefully we won't have questions as long, uh, answers as long. Uh, the discussion on games that changed greatly when localized for the West got me thinking about character name changes. Although it's not as common nowadays, there are still companies that will change at least a few characters' game uh, names in a game. Especially Nintendo, I've noticed. Can you think of some in- instances in which you liked a name changed or change or thought it made sense? How about cases where you have no idea why they changed a character or preferred the original name? I'd like to point out uh, point at the Fire Emblem series for changing character names when localizing. Many times they've made sense. Kieran from the Radiance Games' original name was Kevin. Kieran is more fitting for an over-the-top knight than Kevin. Or uh, Pan from Awakening, who is called Velvet in Japanese. Presumably the reference to the Velveteen Rabbit was too on the nose, so they changed her name to make it more subtle. Uh, Pan being a type of crushed velvet. Other times, changes seem arbitrary, like Titania's name being... Uh, like Titania's name from its original Tiamat. Did someone at Nintendo think people would mistake her for the dragon? What I find funnier is when a character's name has to change because a later game in the series comes out with a character by the same name as a localized version. This happened to Tobin in Shadows of Valencia. His original name was Robin. Oops. Uh, there's, there's a lot to swallow in that. Uh, I can think of my favorite change that I can't explain, but is would, by all objective senses be terrible, but it's also completely hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of SNK's last fighting games before their initial death was uh, Garou Mark of the Wolves. And mm-hmm. that game changed a character who had the perfectly normal name of Marco Rodriguez in Japanese to, in the English version, his name was Kushnud Butt. <laughs> okay. I have never uh... been able to track down why that changed. And why it changed to that? Well, hmm. 
Weird. That, that should be a mystery for the time, just because his name is so interesting. Uh, my, well, my first thought was actually uh, Tara and Titus from the Final Fantasy series, because they were originally Tina and Tita. That's exactly what uh, I was thinking. Yeah. But uh, I was thinking, okay, those are pretty obvious, and I'm surprised Strawberry Eggs didn't actually mention them until I realized, no, she's just on the Fire Emblem kick. Yeah. Uh, so my, my next one would be Street Fighter 2, where they took three different characters and just rotated the names. <laughs> that one's really all, good all because, because it's obvious. Because the original M. Bison was a Mike Tyson parody, and they were afraid that Tyson would sue or something like that. So they just changed Mike Bison to M. Bison, gave it the name over to Vega, gave Vega's name to Balrog, and gave Balrog's name to M to Mike Bison. The best thing about that is that this has also caused them to like tiptoe around. There is a character in Street Fighter One named Mike who bears a superficial resemblance to Boxer, M. Bison, Balrog, whatever you want to call him. And officially, Capcom says, oh, they're definitely not the same person. They could not possibly be the same person, because that would completely destroy the shuffle that they did. The very poorly thought-out shuffle, yes. It's, it's okay. Tyson never sued them. It accomplished its goal. I'm not sure if they even needed to. I'm, I'm thinking that somebody in legal just looked at it and thought, oh, God, and we'll just do this preemptively. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to say whether they would have needed to, but like even dealing with the lawsuit would not have been a good time. So, yeah. It's one of those, eh, whatever. I appreciate the fighting game fans to avoid people having arguments over which characters which just called them Boxer, Dictator, and Claw. <laughs> because that means that no one will get into like a contest about who gets to decide which name set name is going to be used, especially at international tournaments. Mm -hmm. But uh, trying to think of other like major obvious ones. Like, this feels like it used to be more common. Like, you can see for characters like Tara, uh, Tina to Tara, it's just like, Tara is, Tara is a more exotic name, which is what Tina was supposed to be, so. Yep. So that one makes a lot more sense. Yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of little name changes in the in FF6, because you've also got M.A.S.H. to save him. Yeah. And, I mean, everyone assumes that Cyan is, or C-Y-A-N, how do you pronounce that? Because I think it's the, actually in, in, in Japanese. Yeah, the, the, the color would be pronounced Cyan, so I think yeah. that's what they were going for. So, yeah, th there were several names that were effectively changed just because everyone assumed the English pronunciation was different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently named but, after um, But, like, um, Gilbert to Edward, Final Fantasy IV. Oh, that's a good one. And then they gave, like, they because they had given him a name that someone else had, so Edward had to be Edge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which was also objectively a better name for a ninja. Yeah, I can yeah. see why they went away from Edward for a ninja. But, uh... Yeah, I want to say, like, Fire Emblem Fates did this a lot to try to give the Hoshiden characters names that sounded at least Japanese to English ears, but easy enough to pronounce. 
So I think that shows up a lot for just like, well, this is easier for the target audience to pronounce, so that's what we're going with. I remember uh, FF10-2, during preview periods, there was a point where Square uh, was saying that, like, the new character's name was, you know, in Japan it was going to be pronounced Pine, and they were going to keep that. And then by the game, time the game came out, they had just given up, and her name was pronounced Pain in the English version. <laughs> that's okay, well, kind of what they did with... Hmm? Yeah. I'll keep going, yeah. Oh, that's kind of what they did with Titus as well, because officially, and I think there's a couple of lines in Kingdom Hearts 1 where it's actually pronounced this way, it was pronounced Titus for a while, and then they gave up, and they, and by Kingdom Hearts 2, it's pronounced Titus when it's mentioned. <laughs> so, I, I would cop a lot... I would cop a lot of these to being, well, someone somewhere between localization and marketing was like, this name is going to be hard for them to pronounce, so simplify it, change it if you have to. <laughs> so, and then there's Revelations Persona. Oh, no. man. Which Mark has, is crazy. Yeah, well, Mark was the most extreme version, but several characters had their names changed. Mark was just the only one to have his name and his entire appearance, ethnicity, everything changed. For like, no good reason. like, everyone got made paler, which was weird. It was like, oh, these characters look Asian, they won't play it. They gotta look albino? <laughs> Except for the one kid who got black. Okay. Yep. And they didn't actually think about the fact that one of the characters keeps insulting him by calling him a monkey. They made that character way more racist by accident. Mm. Yep. But, yeah, they also changed everyone's hair color so they wouldn't all have black hair because, I guess... Oh, oh no. Oh, and, Revelations and Persona, you were a... And good to note that the PSP remake localization just had none of that and they just started from scratch. Yeah. That's, that game actually has a really good localization, which is good because the story is the only redeeming part of Persona 1. Yes. But, uh... It's a shame that there is no... that there is no matching version of Persona 2 Eternal Punishment's localization, because, like, that one has a much better localization than Persona 1, but it doesn't line up with the PSP remakes of Persona 1 and Persona 2 Innocent Sin. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, yeah, uh... I always other... wondered what ha- what happened with that one. What, Persona 2? Uh, the Eternal Punishment PSP remake. Oh, I'm given to understand that it was a nightmare of code under the hood. Ooh. Which is okay. why it hasn't Makes been fan translated yet. Yeah. But, yeah, it was also a, like, 2011-2012 PSP game, which was not going to sell to anyone in America. <laughs> so, forever in the dark on that new side story that got added to it. Um, yeah. One of these days I'm going to pick up a PSP and just go through and realize that, oh, hell, I've just opened myself to an entirely new backlog. Um <laughs> You can play that demo and demo a largely a fairly cheap backlog, except for a couple of games, um, but still huge. You can play that Devil Summoner remake that Sony wouldn't allow because it, there wasn't enough new content for a game that had never been released in the U.S. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no, I'm just afraid that at some point I would be very tempted to 
actually try Queen's Blade. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Just to see if if it was in any way at least a decent tactical game, hidden behind quadruple um, quadruple Q cup boobs. Um, Listen, it's imp- I I just. I've just I cannot imagine that there is a, an in-depth game underneath the like weapons grade horny that's going on in that game. <laughs> yeah, if, if I if I ever actually played it and if I ever actually managed to finish it without feeling so embarrassed, I immediately sold it back. Um, I'd probably title it the review something like, "And now we use all the other letters of the alphabet." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, so there's, there's probably a lot more of these. I feel like Fire Emblem is the big example recently, although you'll still get the occasional ones that I see people complain about, like uh, Rosalina is, I forget what her name is for from Super Mario Galaxy. I forget what her name is in Japanese. Uh, let me just double-check this. Nintendo seems to do it the most. I'm not sure what their internal guidelines are on it, but there's probably something very complicated about it. Uh, Didn't uh, Tales of Hearts Terrible Vita Edition have some weird name changes? Oh yeah, they changed the main character's name from Shang to Kor? Yeah. Uh, There's Um, there's a bunch of those. uh, Shingu was is supposed to be a reference to like a cometary core or something like that. Yeah, like everyone's in that game's named after rocks. Yeah. Uh, so they changed, up. they changed okay. the ones that were too Japanese to understand the rock references. Yeah, I don't think that anyone really got core either way, but I mean, it was a nice thought. Yeah. Um, so looking it up, and was Rosetta. Yeah, Rosetta. Not sure why that changed. There's probably like a long internal document about why it was changed, but they'll never let us see it. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Tales of Hearts changed basically like a good half of them, just by virtue of the fact that otherwise you won't notice everyone's named after rocks. <laughs> Let's see if I can see this list of character names again. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I'm quite I, sure that Hisui and his sister got their names changed. Yeah, probably. Let's ask a repository of useless information, like a fan wiki of some sort. Okay, so here we go. Shing, we had Shing, Kohaku, Inez, um, Beryl, Hinzite, Galando, Inca Rose, Creed, Floreseth, or Floreseth, Flinaseth, Horrendum, Labrador. Rossular Corneric. Um, that has to be a messed up katakana version of something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, several of these characters, like Inez, her last name is actually from Lorenzite. Mm. And, um, yeah, Creed Graphite. Inca Rose, I actually know what that one is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rossular. <laughs> I, I knew what that one was, too. So, it's probably in the minority to realize it was a rock name. I think they just left Kohaku and Hisui alone, which is very strange. I mean, yeah, they were the most obviously Japanese members of the cast, but... Yeah, but it's still one of those, like... Ember and Jade. 
Yeah, that's what the those are before the fan translation was canceled. Those names were going to be changed. But uh, God rest its soul. I uh, wish desperately to play the DS version in English. Um, yes, yes, please. It's not going to happen. Um, let me dream, man. Let me dream. But yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think that's about as much as I got off the top of my head about names. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the uh, yeah one again. One of the characters from um, Tales of Hearts, the like the um, MacGuffin girl Lichia. Yeah. Where apparently they actually just transcribed her name as Richia, R I C H E A, without realizing that it's actually L I T H I A, as in from stone. Yeah, like a lithograph. Good job. Uh, okay. That was. That was not a high budget localization. Um, it had a budget. Uh, I mean, like what zero is, is technically a budget. <laughs> oh, never mind. The uh, okay, I'm kind of confused here because in the character section they mention Richea, and in the story section they actually say Lithia. Oh, good. So I'm, yeah. That might be fans failing to transliterate properly. <laughs> Quite possibly. I mean, it's hard to tell the difference sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, the reasoning yeah, I, I for these... Really up... Oh, sorry. Yes? Okay. I was just saying, the reasoning for these happening is as many varied as how many times it's happened, so... Yeah. Unfortunately, I've... so many of the games I've played just don't have English versions. It's hard to say yeah it is fun uh, to see when something doesn't have an English version for a very long time and so fans get attached to a specific transliteration and then the official transliter the official translation uses a different name transliteration and all hell breaks loose hey I mean it even happens when they haven't had time to get used to it like Eris Oh, man. Well, they had, they had time for that. That was what they called it in the English version for, like, five years. Yeah, but, no, I'm saying, like, okay, they've got Eris, and then even before anything else came out, they had fans saying, oh, no, it should be spelled with a TH instead. Oh, hmm? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Square agreed with them, and now we've got this uh, turf war that will never end. Yes, because it's oh, Square fandom. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the uh, the handful of uh, internet tinfoil hatmans that insist that their names are Alice and Claude. Those are oh, the truly boy. special boys. <laughs> okay. <sighs> I mean, I mean, you, you got Mint and Cress from Tales of Fantasia, even though I think oh. everyone spells Cress with a with an L. Uh, I believe that's the official transliteration. I cannot recall which one is which. The, uh, <laughs> the, okay. As, yeah. As, as far as I can tell, the uh, the fan translations go with Class Alvane, and. The official translations go with Cress Albane. Yeah, that may and that case may have been an example of the fan translators not realizing or just automatically going with R to L. 
Yeah. I remember, I remember some of the early days of the emulation scene where certain character name or place name spellings got fixed before somebody else realized that, hey, person A cannot tell the difference between she and su in katakana. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, they look really similar if you're not looking that hard. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was... I, I remember one town in Romancing Saga 3 where everyone was calling it Shibaik, and it's actually like <laughs> Things like that. Uh, that's, uh... That's tragic. But... Yeah, I think this is also a case of, like, sometimes these, like... These translations get settled on internally even before anyone, like, realizes it. Like, I think Crest shows up in Tales of Destiny as a bonus boss, and that's where they settled on, okay, in English games, we're calling him Crest Albane. Yeah. I mean, the name uh, itself is an obvious plant joke to begin with. Chris, yeah. Crest. That, uh, that was one of the other things that was weird about uh, about the Hearts R translation is that I want to say that, like, Hearts characters show up as bonus bosses in, like, Exilia or something. And in that game, like, Hisui and Kohaku are, have their names translated to reference the rocks that they're named after. <laughs> oh, dear. So it was like, uh, okay, I guess you didn't. The left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the fun. I remember uh, there was that period in the early ops where Square was trying to decide, okay, what are we officially calling all of these old things, references to these old games that are in FF9 that haven't ever been translated before? So you I'm get so stuff like with those. Yeah, stuff like Doga's Artifact, which is a uh, reference to, I think, FFC? FF3? Three. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that first shows up in the auction house. In English-speaking games, that first shows up in the auction house of FF9. And it's like, well, I guess that's what we're calling it now. <laughs> mm -hmm. so. Yeah. That's always a fun situation where everyone's like, well, it's time to reset what our terminology is and try to keep it straight and hope that it sticks. Knock on wood. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, oh, but, I mean, if we want to go for some really fun oddities with names, um, I mean, back in the 80s, especially... Square and Enix, in particular, were taking monsters directly from the original Dungeons and Dragons theme folio oh. and <laughs> um, translations into Japanese. And a lot of these translations were had the names spelled out phonetically into Japanese kana. And this ended up bearing very little relationship to the English book spelling. So when the translators were trying to figure out what the hell to call these monsters, and they did not know where the developers got the monsters from. So we end up with stuff with like Ochul. Oh man, Ochul. O-C-H-U or O-C-H-U-L which was originally Otyug. O-T-Y-U-G-H. Yeah, there was, there was no way for them to have guessed that without having seen the source. And they weren't well, going I mean, to get it's, that. It's not even that um, 
I mean, you can see this throughout the, the 80s and 90s for the games where very obviously, even for the really commonplace monsters, a lot of the translators did not know what the hell they were doing because you see things like Golem spelled with an R. Oh, yeah, yeah. You see Hydra spelled out as H-Y-U-D-R-A because somebody didn't realize that Japanese uses something closer to the original Greek pronunciation for that monster. Mm-hmm. You, see, you see the same thing with Harpuya for Harpy. Or yeah. what was the worst one I could think of? Oh, oh go look at the four themes in FF4. Yeah, I mean, I would not expect somebody to connect those to Dante's Inferno. They're magical, uh, like those mistranslations, though. Yep. Um, and, oh, there was one. What was another good one? Oh, Chupon. Uh, Typhon. T-Y-P-H-O-N. Chupon. Mm, mm, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I understand where that oh, came from. Oh, and the, the absolute worst one, Final Fantasy V's eventual official translation. Wyvern. Or Wyvern. Oh, Wyvern. Y, capital Y space, capital B-U-R-N. Just because somebody saw the pronunciation was listed as Wyburn and did not realize that that was an alternative pronunciation for Wyvern that the Japanese mm-hmm. put on. Golf clap for Wyburn. Uh... <laughs> yes. Wyburn, why not? <sighs> This uh, does remind me of one that I think might have actually just been changed to avoid religious references, which would be Carrie in FF1. Yeah. And to avoid referencing Kali. Oh, a different one for religious references. Uh, Final Fantasy VI, the uh, Crusader summon. Oh, yeah. Trans- actual original name, Jihad. Yeah. Ooh. Or, or same game, the Starlet. Starlet. Some um, Esper. Original name was Lakshmi. I think that one, yeah, that one, Crusader did not get changed in FF6 Advance, but I believe uh, Starlet did get changed to Lakshmi in the GBA free translation. Yeah. Yeah. You always, uh, that's, that's one of the, like, none of the main characters, thinking about, like, that tendency of retranslations to, like, you're rolling the dice about whether the new translation will use uh, old trend, old terminology or not. Uh, it does remind me of, like, how none of the character names got reverted. They were all just the same. It's just... A, a lot of it also depends on the translator's access to the original, or their experience with the original game, because... You'll see things like the new trans or the revised translation of Final Fantasy IV for the DS, specifically mm. kept in certain lines that were popular with the fans. Yeah, which and is interesting because otherwise that's a really ground-up retranslation. Yeah. Or for that matter, Persona PSP. The only things kept from the original translation were a handful of one-liners that the fans had thought were hilarious. Yeah, any character, quote-unquote, dance crazy shows up a lot. <laughs> and um, probably the same if they... Did they do a retranslation of Final Fantasy VI for the Game Boy Advance, or did they keep it? Yeah, that's a, that is a retranslation that keeps a lot of references, but, like, at the same time, it fixes a lot... Like, uh, it fixes a lot of things that, like, you might not have even realized were mistranslated. Yeah. 
I'm hoping There's they a... kept Mr. Thou. Hopefully they hoping they kept what? Mr. Thou, because honestly, there was no real good way to translate that joke from the original Japanese. So I think Mr. Thou is probably the best way to go with it. Oh yeah, I can actually check that because it got brought up in the Legends of Localization that's been comparing all the translations of that game. Well, um, I mean, Mr. Thou obviously it's a joke on the pronoun, but in what Japanese it was a joke on Saiyan's choice of verb. Yeah. Because there's multiple versions of the equivalent of to be in Japanese based on time period mostly. Mm -hmm. And Cyan used a really old version called, um, that was De Gozaru, mm -hmm. which is nowadays only used in high level formality speak in a certain form. Um, but Gao heard De Gozaru and thought he was talking about a monkey. Because monkey I mean, is Gozaru. Yeah, so, yeah, that makes sense. So he, so Gao actually thought Sign was calling Sabin a monkey. <laughs> so, and so the entire joke in from that scene in the original Japanese was based around monkey, 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 and I'm not a monkey. So okay, I've actually spotted the source, and I can figure out whether the GBA version kept that. Never down, sirs. Thou wild one, who might thou be? Thou, thou, just Mr. Thou. Okay, yeah. I see that. Uh, in the GBA version... Uh, yep, they kept Mr. Thou. Not surprised. Yeah. Uh, archaic word for to be is RM. It's not the kind of word you use in normal Japanese speech. Go here, say I am, say Mr. Uh, say De Kazaru. Yeah. Folks at it by saying Kazaru over and over. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, Gozaru is so old in Japanese that it no longer follows actual Japanese grammar for conjugation. <laughs> because um, by by current um, Japanese grammar, the, the last syllable, in this case, ru, would mm -hmm. change between different syllables in the same line, like ra, ri, ru, re, ro, for its different conjugations. So the formal form of, of Gozaru would be gozarimasu. Yeah, yeah. But the, the formal form, which is the only form that anyone uses anymore for this verb, is gozaimas, No R's. So when you say arigato gozaimas oh, yeah. or oh, yeah. gozaimas, that's the verb. Mm. Interesting. But as I said, it does, it's so old that the grammar rules have changed since it was current for normal speech. That helps explain why the... Uh why the machine translation that he's got right alongside all the official and unofficial ones just goes completely nuts at this point. Yes. Um, but yeah, De Gozaru is an alternative form of des or De Arimas. Mm, yeah, yeah. And it's usually used as a conversation marker to show that this person is incredibly old-fashioned. So, as an example, Sergeant Frog series. Mm -hmm. All five of the froggies in that show use different personal pronouns and they cycle between three different versions of to be, where some of them say des, some of them say de arimas, which is a bit much more like, uh, what's right over here? Not exactly formal sounding, but more conservative sounding version. And then the ninja frog says de gozader. Of course. While also using the personal pronoun associated with ninjas and samurai. <laughs> oh, I forget which one that is. Sesha. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not not only does it have, like, eight extant ways of saying I in the language, but Japanese has managed to hold on to five or six more just through manga and anime. Because they're connected to social classes that no longer exist. But boy, is it really easy to help mark out what kind of character you're looking at. That's one of the wonders of the pronouns in Japanese. Yep. I, actually, I was talking to my brother about this, and and he was like, oh, wow, this makes so much sense now, because he he took a class in college or something where they were reading through a, one of Haruki Murakami's novels, and one of his friends is actually a native Japanese speaker, and so he was reading the book in Japanese. <laughs> and so the class was having a discussion on what Murakami meant in this one chapter about determination of personal character or something like that, and the Jap- the guy reading the Japanese version is like, where are you guys getting this from? And as it turns out, that was added into the English version in order to help explain the differences between some of these characters, which was clearly marked out by pronoun use in the Japanese version. Uh, gotta love a good literature translation. Yeah. Of course, Murakami had the benefit of actually doing his own translation. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you can't claim that he didn't know the author's intent. Yes. We are, um, we, we cannot all be so lucky. Yeah, pretty so. much. So, anyway, I need to get going now. I was worried about that. Yeah. It's good talking. Yeah. Well, the good news is that the questions for this week were mostly probably stuff you don't care about. We got Baldur's Gate. And, yeah. So, uh, I, have, I do have Pathfinder Kingmaker now. Oh, nice. I'm curious how that ends up. Because when I installed it, it said it needed approximately 50% of my current free space on the computer. (laughs) That's that's frightening. Yes, and it takes a frightening amount of time to actually load up. However, once you actually get into a level or a scenario, whatever, it plays fairly well. Well, that's good. Up until the point where it has to load new stuff. In which case, it will take another five minutes. Okay. <laughs> well, that's well, that's bad. So I'm getting my reading in at the same time. Um, I just decided to dig up my uh, copy of a of a house with a, or the house with a clock in its walls. Hmm. Oh. Have you heard of that one? I've seen the trailer for the movies. My son was interested in going to see the movie. Oh, it should be Not a really f- fun movie. It's um. I mean, the original series was grade school gothic horror. Oh, cool. And the movie looks like it was very much made for a post-Harry Potter crowd. So I'm very interested in seeing how this turns out. However, it will not be in theaters over here for another 11 days. Yeah. And doubly unfortunately, because I have exams this week. Oh. So, theoretically, I would have actually had time to see it on Thursday this week if it were already in theater. Oh. Well, fooey on you. Uh, so I'm just going to read the book and, again, actually, I think I've read it through, like, two-thirds to three-thirds of it already. <laughs> so, it's hard to tell because I've got a three-in-one omnibus of the first three books of that series. Oh, yeah. I can see how that might make it more difficult to judge how close you were to done. Yeah. And I didn't even realize there were more books in the series posthumously published until I found the seventh one in Japanese a couple years ago. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I've read several of his books in Japanese now, because I can't find them in any other language. <laughs> and, and hey, it was a 50 yen book, I'm not going to turn that down. Yeah, no, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway, see you guys later. Have fun discussing Baldur's Gate without me. Uh, we will. Yes. Fun. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> The, the only thing I know about Baldur's Gate was like one guy had a pet hamster that he considered a teammate or something like that. Uh, yes, oh yeah, he's powerful. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. The space hamster. Space hamster. Okay. Later. Bye. L later. Bye. Go for the eyes. Ah <laughs> oh, yes. They kept uh, so referencing yeah. that. They really liked that phrase. Yeah. So let's read that Baldur's Gate 2 question, which is... Is that a question? I think it was mostly a comment, but yeah. That's fine. It's also possible in Baldur's Gate 2 to min-max your character with low, with low enough stats so that the mind flares in the main quest will kill you instantly. Yeah, uh, for the record, this is from Budai. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that whole player characters cannot have a stat lower than 3, I think. So... You know, have fun with the mind flayers when you have a th when you roll the three and in int and yeah get stat drain killed instantly. Quote unquote fun. I forget what the I forget if it's three that's like the official stat floor for a player character. Uh, I think it's it's I don't know if it's three or not because obviously you can roll a three, but certain... There are certain stats certain, that simply aren't allowed. <laughs> and certain races get like pluses or minuses, so I... Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Like, there's certain things that it's just like... I think the official ruling is like if you have a strength lower than three, then like you collapse under your own weight, or if you have an intelligence of less than three, you're complete... you're essentially a vegetable. Yeah. Let's see... I'm just seeing them described as like two to three needs help to stand can be knocked over by strong breezes. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, anything with stat drain and rules about how low your stats are allowed to go will inevitably cause that. But Baldur's Gate being D and D to the very core of its bones uh, is the one that you'll actually see do it. So that's yep. fun. I love getting stat, grain, stat drained. That's my favorite mechanic. <laughs> I just can't wait when I start a game to level down. It's just the best. Uh, By which I mean it's freaking horrible. Yeah, stat drains are a crime and a pox upon this world. Uh, all right. What else do we got here? Um, in some magical world where the rights of Melgar Solid could go back to Kojima, do you think he would welcome it or feel burdened by it? Do you think he was has mixed feelings of being free from the series, but also not being with his baby? Eh, it's probably that latter one. I mean, like before he left, he had all sorts of ideas for where the series might keep going, but I think. 
what Kojima would probably most want, because he kept trying to do it, was to have someone else he could reasonably trust with actually making more games. Yeah. I mean, his, his ideas before he left included Metal Gear Rising Revengeance 2 starring Gray Fox fighting zombies. And a uh, complete overhaul of Metal Gear Solid 1 that, uh, that was redone in the Metal Gear Solid 5 engine. Before he started on MGS5, there was a period where he was intending to make a game starring the boss from MGS3. <laughs> like, this, like the man clearly had plenty of ideas for more things to do in the Metal Gear world, but... Uh, I think that there is a part of them, that, part of him, that would prefer not to have to be the one to make them. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be enjoying whatever the new thing he's making is. Oh, Death Stranding looks crazy. I love it. But yeah, it looks absolutely insane. It's got Troy Baker in a mask, wearing a second mask. That was a great part of that most recent <laughs> TGS trailer. Like. He he takes he's wearing a golden mask. He takes off the mask. Underneath it is another mask, except it's a gas mask. <laughs> that's that's canonically what's under every masked person's face: a second mask. How do you think that? Nice. Uh, oh man, that would be a really good gimmick for like a. That would be a really good uh, heat drawing gimmick for a uh, luchador. Just like, oh, I bet my mask. I didn't met, bet all of them. I have a second mask underneath it. <laughs> Oh, that would be great. But that would also make it even more impossible to see through. A lot of those masks are nearly impossible to see through. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... I'm always, I'm always worried about them. Like, how do you not die? Well, the answer is if, if you're you seeing Kara, see you your if you're seeing Kara, you accidentally get hurt a lot. Yes. And if you're Rey Mysterio, you have no knees remaining. Yeah, just give him robot legs. That's the only way he can survive. Uh, but going back to this, I was enjoying looking at, like, Kojima loves to go back to old ideas, but I feel like the thing that most frustrated him with early Metal Gear Solid titles was that continuity bound him to not be able to pillory old ideas and reuse them. Because, like, if you want to be technical, Snatcher is also a Metal Gear sequel. Like... Metal Gear, uh, Metal Gear 1 has, like, five different follow-ups, and one of them is Snatcher. But, uh, like, I, it was one of those things where it's like, well, I can use what parts of this I want, but I don't have to feel bound by, like, sticking to a literal interpretation of it. And, like, I feel like that was something he wasn't super fond of being tied down to with Metal Gear, and might have been what he would have considered the most limiting factor was that sequels to Metal Gear Solid had to be direct sequels to Metal Gear Solid. Right. Because, like, Metal Gear Solid rips a character wholesale from police knots. Like, Meryl Silverberg? Just straight up a police knots character. The design and... Like, her design and personality were ripped from police knots and made a central character in Metal Gear Solid, just sort of because, well, it was a good character and I wanted to do more with her. Hmm. And, like, that was just a thing that he could do beforehand, and then Metal Gear Solid happened, and suddenly everything... Everyone wants a literal sequel that has to, like, follow... It can't, like, remix ideas without being self-conscious about it, which is how you get Metal Gear Solid 2, which is, like, 
half of that game's plot is ruminating on the idea of, like, this is a Metal Gear Solid sequel, but, like, because it's a sequel, it's a bunch of ideas that aren't particularly interesting but have to be there because it's a sequel, but also it's already repeating itself. <laughs> and then the other half of the plot is Kojima being terrified of the information age, and he kind of wasn't wrong. Uh, <laughs> I told you that you would be tired today. Uh, Lies. Wheels was up till 3 a.m. last night playing Spider-Man. Um, I, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, like... So, I feel like... Kojima would probably feel the most comfortable being able to make a Metal Gear that didn't have to keep continuity with any other Metal Gear. It was free to yeah. take as much or as little as it wanted from every previous Metal Gear. Because, I mean, that's that's one of the funny things about Metal Gear 2 on MSX, the one that is supposedly in canon. Because Metal Gear Solid makes a lot of claims about what happens in that game, and they're based entirely around the fact that you haven't played Metal Gear 2. <laughs> so Metal Gear 2... Uh, Metal Gear Solid has Snake like, coming to grips with the fact that he's a clone of Big Boss, and claims that that revelation came from the end of Metal Gear 2. That revelation's not in there. Big Boss goes off on a really long rant at the end of Metal Gear 2, but none at, in, at no point does he say that uh, that Snake is, like, his clone or anything like that. Hmm. Like, that's just, uh, that is an, an aspect of Metal Gear 2 ascribed to it by Metal Gear Solid, because that needs to be in place for Metal Gear Solid's story to happen. And there's a few places like that. There's the bit where, like, they, he talks about his last fight with Gray Fox, where it's like, oh, it was a mine-covered battlefield. And what that means is that it's a tiny industrial square room where if you try to leave, a landmine blows up and hurts you. Hmm. Like, it, it ascribes a lot of emotion and ideas to this scene that aren't really there in the if you just play the original version in a vacuum. And that's, the, like, that was the kind of continuity... Kojima was used to playing with, which was very fast and loose. So, I think that's what would really tie him down if he had to make another Metal Gear, is that you know, the, those games, people get angry when Metal Gear games don't tie themselves up in a bow. And don't, and make alterations to their, to their own past, to suit the story that he's telling at the moment. Hmm. So, yeah. I think he'd be very conflicted. Wheels, let's pep you up with the last question, which is yet another attempt to cause us to kill each other. <laughs> Speaking of magical worlds, if for some reason you knew an ex you knew an excellent Shining Force 4 or Fantasy Star 5 could exist in full amazing glory, which would you choose? And it's Fantasy Star 5, and I'll fight you. It's Shining Force 4, obviously. I will fight you. You, you it's Shining Force 4. No, it's actually uh, a new fantasy star. And I will go into why. Um, so I feel like, for the most part, like uh, the space of tactical RPGs, it's pretty good. Like, you've got Fire Emblems, you've got indie stuff like uh, Mercenary Saga, you've got... Um, all kinds of different things. 
and um, whereas far as like uh, sci-fi RPGs go, eh, it's not quite as much. And um, yeah, I would actually like to see more of that, to be quite honest. Like, obviously, I love Shining Force. I would never say no to more of it, but, um, yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of Fantasy Star, what out exactly out there is there for you to play <laughs> that's, like, similar at all? Yeah. And the answer is not all that much. And here I was ready to do the Lord Palmerston Pit the Elder bit. No, I'll, I'll, I'll let you win this round. Lord Palmerston. Uh, go just everyone, just go watch. Uh, Frickin', oh, what's that episode called? Homer at the Bat. Yeah. Especially if you're a fan of baseball. Mattingly and Conseco. Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw. Steve Sachs and his runnings with the law. We're talking Homer. Ozzy and the Straw. I was always said that that song can't, uh, can't fit in references to Ozzy, like, falling into another dimension. Yeah. Which is personally my favorite fate than any of the monster <laughs> Oh. oh man, that uh, that bit's really good. That's oh man, that's my favorite third season episode. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was also the one where the commentary reveals that you can guess how much of in, in old school Simpsons you can guess how much of a pain it was to deal with a guest star by how favorably they're written. Guest stars that were a pain to deal with generally had a lot of, like, complaints about them being written to be, like, crazy or sleazebags. Whereas guest stars that were written to be crazy or sleazebags were generally very easy to work with. <laughs> well, Mr. Burns, I've done the power plant. Okay, I'm done. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, Fantasy Star 5. Bring it on, Sega. You've been doing a lot yeah. to get in my good graces. We are almost time as of this recording for Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise. It is $60. It is, I'm going to guess, based on the demos I have played, awesome. Please, yeah. per I will fight you. <laughs> Please yeah. purchase it. I will hit the pressure point that causes your head to explode. Um, is that a thing? Uh, that it's it's a Fist of the North Star joke. Like that is that oh, is okay. how the main character's martial art works in Fist of the North Star. See, I wouldn't know this. Fist of the North Star is great because uh, after they so there's like one arc of Fist of the North Star that matters, and everything else after it is garbage. And the one arc that matters is the only part that's being adapted by the game. But it like after that arc, it gets like. It's already writing by the seat of its pants at the beginning, but by the end of the frickin' manga, like, Ken is hitting a pressure point in his brain to allow him to learn to read Sanskrit. It's, like, no explanation as to how that works. There's just apparently a read Sanskrit pressure point. Huh. Don't think about it. Um, 
But yeah, um, viewer discretion advised. Exceedingly violent. Uh, in case you didn't catch that from the bit where I said that the main character's martial arts is him touching, poking people's pressure points, and that causes them to explode. Uh, so viewer discretion advised. Um, but no, it's a good Yakuza game. It's a good Fist of the North Star adaptation. Uh, there's no continuity for you to worry about, so if you've been put off by the fact that there's 8 million Yakuza games, this has not connections to none of them. Except for in-jokes, which, you know, game's fine without those. Please buy it. Don't make me beg. Please buy it. <laughs> well, I can't because I have to buy Mega Man's yeah, I, I had to cancel my order for Mega Man because I need to make sure that I had money for other things that I need this month. So, yeah. sorry, Mega Man. I also had to get um, Valkyria Chronicles seven, four, seven. Okay. <laughs> it's it's out now. It's by all accounts a, probably the best one since the first one. Oh, it's. That goes without saying. The PSP games were uh, compromised, to, to say put the it least. mildly. Yeah. Shock Trooper spam. Um, yeah, I remember playing Valkyria 2, and all I could think while playing it was, I'm fine with anime school storylines, and this is the worst storyline. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. And yeah, three is okay, I guess. It's like, hey, you're it fixed like, the school. It didn't fix anything else because it's still it's bound like, by limitations of tech. Like, hey, you're a bunch of prisoners forced to fight in war or something. I don't remember. But yeah, so four. Yeah, it's good. It it's it's. I liked how it begins because you're pretty much right in the war instead of having to go through the story of how you get like drafted in the war or anything. Nope, you're already part of a squad. You already have a mission. It's go go go. It's it's almost like hey, this series is back. Let's get you right into the action and hopefully get you here to stay because it's been it's been a long time and I hope that the series is around to stay this time. And yes, this time, please buy it, people. Thank you. Please and thank you. But, I mean, seriously, Fist of the North Star. Yeah, I'll get it at some point. You watch Shyamalan! I don't even know what that means! It's a mangled Japanese and English sentence that just means, essentially, you're in shock. Oh. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh man, I will tori say it's a great song. But what about this? No, 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 <laughs> no, no! Oh, it's so loud. Oh. <laughs> okay, one. Yokai Watch does not have a move where you catch an arrow being flung at your forehead spin it around, and fire it right back at the shooter's forehead. So, point to Fist of the North Star. 
No, but it does have um, uh, the Y files. True. I'm curious how those are getting translated, if at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a big question mark. But yeah, you Yokai Watch Three officially coming to the West. Um, shockingly, uh, although I had kind of had a feeling when they brought over blasters that, uh, I mean, if they're bringing that over, they're probably bringing over the next main game because I guess I can only assume enough people are buying it. Can't believe Wheels bought seven hundred thousand copies of Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Surprisingly, I did not. I like how you treat that. It's like, oh, I'm shocked that this didn't happen. Surprisingly, I didn't do that. <laughs> no, I know there is one uh, prominent Nintendo streamer that uh, always does all the Yokai Watch games. So there's got to be an audience for it out out there. So an audience for Maddie Kendry. Yeah. So that's coming. Um, I'd say there's uh it's highly likely four is gonna come over as well. Which looks like uh they repurposed the battle system from Nino Kuni. Which is interesting. Huh. I mean Yeah, it's I it's hope action it's not based it's Nino Kuni one's battle system. Yes, but Fuck. <laughs> Oh. I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna be as bad or anything. Nino Kuni One's uh, battle system is like all time ruin a game battle system. So yeah, no, I agree. And um, but uh, Nyx recently was at TGS and she played it and was raving about it. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah, you, to, you, you move around your human character. You summon the yokai, and uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be on Switch, which means it's highly, highly likely it'll come over here, uh, especially when we're getting all these 3DS games. Yeah, so. I can't believe they're doing three. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not really going to complain. What are they going to do? They've been pretending these took place in America for two games. I guess just fess up to it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, They'll you, say they're going even... to Japan and ignore everything. You can't even fake it unless you repurpose the the cutscenes because there's very specifically a cutscene where they fly to California. <laughs> <laughs> they will play it backwards. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's not even like... Uh... It's not even like it just takes place in America and they can just fake it out that way. Yeah, there's there's a very specific cutscene of a flight them to America. going to America. Yeah, and the, the whole game is split between two characters, so you're going between a character in Japan and the character in the U.S. So Only yeah. one of them gets corn yokai. Ah, uh, yes. The American classic corn yokai. That's gonna be that is gonna be a true masterpiece of localization. Yeah, very very interested to see how that's all gonna turn out. So reminds me of how uh, Ace Attorney was supposed to be like before Ace Attorney One came out. Shutakumi specifically tried to avoid it being really Japanese. 
hmm. in terms of setting. Like, there were still, like, obviously Japanese elements, but, like, the, the setting was supposed to not show a lot of places that would only exist in Japan. Interesting. And then, when the game came out, and Capcom passed on localizing it the first time, he was like, well, I guess I've got free reign to make this as Japanese as I want. So you go to, like, this small Japanese village immediately in Ace Attorney 2. <laughs> and then, uh, then they started localizing them. Hmm. I love those games. Pick those up if you have not played them before when they come out on Steam, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. As was just announced at Tokyo Game Show. Well, that's enough stumping. We should probably end this. Yeah, we should, uh... I guess. Um... Things, stuff, forms, etc. And the send things good? to the usual place, usually the comment section, but we will accept questions on Discord at S Wheels on Twitter. Uh, and if you really oh, want oh, to, we oh, might oh, even look on. at a forum. Hold on, we actually had a question on Discord. Oh, what's that? Oh god, oh god, how far back does the history go? Why did you not write it down? Because I'm an idiot. It wasn't added at me. I don't know what it is. Oh, here we go. Here we go. And actually, it was. Uh, this is from Lol Whoops, who says, "What did do you think of Dragon Quest XI? How does it stack up against oh, recent yeah. FPDs, especially turn-based ones? Please also tell everyone who listens to buy it. I think we already did. I, yeah, I think we've already also everyone buy it. Yeah. Um, I think we've already I can't done. Speak for it, I haven't played it. Yeah, I'm not even gonna bother trying to speak for it. Just play, just buy it anyway, for the love of God." Please don't make us have to beg for Dragon Quest Twelve. Yeah. Um, like I feel like a lot of the past history of the show has just been begging people to buy Dragon Quest games because that's. Like, we have made so many Dragon Quest Q and A quests. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, sorry I'd forgotten about that. I had a very long week. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. Um, Speak with your dollars. Give Square your money dollars if you would like more Dragon Quest. Yeah, seriously. Um, I mean, we would certainly like more Dragon Quest. I, I, like, if I had more cash to spend on something that I did not expect to have any chance to play for the next month, uh, then you can bet, like, if I manage to get a job that pays consistently, like, that's one of the first things I'll be getting, so, you know. Please cut me some slack. I have very little... I have very little cash to spare, and I had to triage very carefully this month. No worries. Oh, yeah. World ends with you final remix in, like, yeah. uh, a week. But, oh, I keep forgetting that's happening. But I mean, um, Dragon Quest so far seems to be getting really good buzz, so hopefully that's a good sign. Please buy it. Yes, please, please. That important missive of product placement now behind us, now that we have product placed for Yokai Watch, Fist of the North Star, and Dragon Quest Eleven. now we can. Yes. We are sponsored by no one. Yes. Um, 
but anyway, uh, you can reach us in the normal places, etc. Yada yada yada. Um, don't even know what I'm saying at this point. <laughs> Let me just finish this for you before you get confused. See you, Space Cowboy. Thank you.